Hello everybody, welcome to our podcast. I am Victoria. I am Yesenia. I'm Tiana. And today we will be talking to you guys about what is feminism, which is basically, has multiple definitions and we'll get into that, but the idea is that it's equality and equal protection for all um, people who identify as female. Um, We're also going to be talking about what is um, feminism, what are the waves, what feminist theory is, and so much more. Also, if we want to be, you know, fair to anybody who's listening in terms of just understanding that we may say some things that are triggering to some people, and we just want to let you know that beforehand, um, we'll try to be considerate about that. And so jumping right into it, what is the first wave of feminism? So the first wave of feminism began in the in the 1830s to the early 1900s, um, and it's basically women fighting for equal equal contracts and property rights. And basically, the really the big thing you need to understand is that women wanted political power because they knew that political power meant change. A vote meant they could get change. Um, and you see that in the 19th Amendment here in the U.S. Constitution. I'm sorry, yes, the U.S. Constitution that gave women the right to vote. This happened through the suffragette movement, and basically what that was was a group of women gathered in Seneca Falls, New York to discuss problems they were facing, and two women in particular that you need to know, and you may already know, is Elizabeth Stanton Caddy and, excuse me, Elizabeth Stanton Caddy and Susan B. Anthony, and basically they fought for the universal suffrage movement here in the, in the U.S. Constitution. We're also going to be talking about um, intersectionality because it affects a lot of people a lot of women um, and also because a lot of times men invalidated the women a woman's identity during this time saying that they were morally inferior and that their voice didn't matter now a big critique is that during this movement of having giving women a right to vote and knowing that women did that power is that a lot of times women of color particularly black women and other POC women were not included in the conversation, and that just sucks, and that's not right. Um, and now for our next wave, the second wave of feminism. Um, I'm Tiana, and I'm gonna be talking about the second wave of feminism, or the most important aspects of the second wave of feminism. Um, I know all the waves are important, but I think this one was the most important um, in terms of women of color. Um, because the while the second wave was happening, the civil rights movement was also going on. Um, and so women of color were able to start advocating for their rights as well. Um, and I personally chose this topic of feminism because I think we all have the right to be successful in life as we can, uh, regardless of your race, gender, orientation, etc. And even though feminism didn't start out that way, um, I believe modern feminism truly wants equality for all. Um, So um, the second wave of feminism started when the feminine mystique was written by Betty Friedan, who is a um, a feminist uh, author, basically. And this highlighted the dissatisfaction that women were facing um, with the expectations that they had to stay home, uh, even though they actually wanted a lot more from life, like to go to school and, you know, just basically be independent. Um, the book was eventually read by around 3 million women and this 
caused the dissatisfaction to grow because women really wanted to be seen as independent people and not having to live a life that depended on a, having a, a husband or a, a man, basically. Um, so the second wave had an extremely heavy focus on completely dismantling the systems of structural violence that women faced and wanted to get to the deep root of why women were treated as if they were inferior to men. Um, these uh, important events started to give women much more autonomy, both physically and socially, um, with JFK um, appointing a lot more women to the government. Um, and he appointed Eleanor Roosevelt as um, to the chair of the Presidential Commission on the Status of Women, which not only advocated for more women in government, but gave women a voice in our government. Um, some of the changes that happened during this time um, uh, because of him advocating for more women were the Equal Pay Act of 1963, um, it was, which was passed in an attempt to get rid of the wage disparity that was happening between men and women. Um, and then they also had the birth control being allowed for the first time. Um, and then Roe v. Wade, which started to make abortions illegal um, in 1973 for the first time. And at this time, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 also started. And this stopped the discrimination that uh, was based on race, color, uh, sex, or your national origin. And this also helped with um, desegregation of schools. Um, at the time of the second wave, there was also um, a lot more advocacy against domestic violence and sexual harassment towards working women. Um, because the civil rights movement was happening at this time, it helped start the discussion on why are all people aren't treated as equal, so it made women start thinking about their rights as well. Uh, black women were still, unfortunately, black women were still left out, uh, even though this the civil rights movement was happening, uh, white women were only advocating for white women um, in terms of feminism. Um, but as part of the, the movement, uh, black women really wanted to stop st the sterilization practices that were happening against women of color. And then um, some criticisms I have would be that it really tended to, the second wave really tended to ignore women of color quite deliberately, and it really didn't talk about, you know, non-heterosexual women, disabled women, or trans women. Um, and then really what I help hope to see from the next wave um, is that not only do we want white women to use their power to advocate for women of color, but we want to advocate for more disabled women and more women who don't fit the gender and heterosexual norms. Uh, um, hi, my name is Yesenia, and I'm going to be covering the third wave. Um, but I wanted to mention, um, after hearing Tiana and Victoria's both um, on the first and second wave, I wanted to mention the idea of the um, abortion and how it's still, even today, we still are struggling, most women, um, not just women of color, anybody, all women are struggling, um, that they keep changing the laws as to how far a, a pregnancy has to be to be able to abort and it's just an idea that is just to to me personally is ridiculous because it's it's our right and nobody else should have an input as to what we believe and what our body has to go through because a lot of children end up um in sorry they end up in um they end up for adoption anyway and it's just like there's a lot of families that do need uh, babies but as long as you have the right uh proceedings as to like either you can do um um, where you can pay someone to get uh, surrogacy. Surrogacy. There you go. 
Um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's just absurd to me like that, that that continues to happen even today. But moreover, I wanted to talk about the third wave. Um, and I wanted to mention the idea that third wave of feminism accepts the true reality that there are multiple definitions of feminism existing, um, simultaneously. Um, feminism is important to me because not only is this, um, does it support, um, and empower women, it supports and empowers everyone, not just women. In today's day, there are inequalities in every country and in every society. Feminism is a standpoint to fight for any, for any injustice and any inequalities, whether that includes sex, gender, race, anything. The third um, wave of feminism started in the 1990s. Um, this wave was led by the so-called Generation Xers, um, that were born between the 1960 to 1970. The third wave was focused on reproductive rights for women, for women, feminisms and feminisms. Oh my God, women advocated the rights that their own choices um, about hers and their bodies and stated that women had the basic right to access birth control and abortion whenever their ch choice. Um, it also seeked um, the reunitement of the ideas of gender inequality and sexual freedom that came apart during the sex wars. Sex wars, which is another topic that will be discussed, that can be discussed furthermore later on. Um, the third wave um, also primarily uh, tried to bring back all communities that were previously left out of feminism goals and recognize that the intersexuality of oppression, focusing on both race and gender, and also grow out of the sex positive debates of the second wave. Um, um, the first and second wave are distinctively um, different to that of the third wave because in the third wave, it began to spread, um, the idea of feminism began to spread in uh, pop culture and media. And it led emphasizing um, on the voices of young women slash girls. Um, the girl where the trigger warning comes into, um, and I wanted to talk about how the third, um, how the third wave focuses also on like uh, the oppression and or how women are labeled by the terms of bitch, slut, cunt. And the idea that feminism, feminist, allowed them, or it, it was embraced by women. Feminist theory. We're going to talk about feminist theory on a broad scale and then kind of try to narrow it down into the world of anthropology. So a brief overview of what feminist theory is in terms of a formal definition is that feminist theory is basically the lived experiences of different women and their, and how they, and their various identities in the academic world. Often in academia, women who are traditionally non-white and even white women are oftentimes put down because of their experiences, because of what they know. And it's hard to fight an institution, let alone the patriarchy in that regard. And that sucks. Um, Tiana herself has personal experience within the, I guess you could call it the academic world or the STEAM world, you know, scientific community, I guess we want to, for lack of a better word, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I worked in um, IT for a long time, so basically I know what it's like to be put down by, you know, both like male colleagues and by, you know, male customers too, mm -hmm. who just come in and they assume that you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. um, also, I mean, you know, because you're a woman of color, but mm -hmm. also because you, you know, you look young and they just, mm -hmm. they, they're like, why would she know anything about, right. more, or anything more than me? Right. Or like, I'll ask them, um, 
like, oh, do you need help with this? And mm-hmm. they, you know, they'll be like, no. And then they'll the, dismiss you. Yeah, exactly. And then sure. one of our, my male colleagues will ask them, and they'll be like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh-huh. they don't want to ask me because they think I don't know. Yeah. Basically. No, so, going off on what you're saying, like, 